We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's going on, Chiefs Kingdom? If you are anything like me right now, you're just pissed off and annoyed. Following that 20-17 to 17 loss to the Indianapolis Colts that the Chiefs had on Sunday, I hate the fact that they can hurt me, uh, but I love the fact that I care. So uh, let's just share in these feels together for the next 20 minutes or so on this episode of 10 Things. Uh, I'm BJ Kissel. I do this one by myself, so appreciate everybody, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast audio on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you listen to podcasts. And this show is presented by my friends over at KC Strength and Conditioning. If you do have someone that you know, ages 8 to 18, that plays baseball or softball in the Kansas City area, you might consider KC Strength and Conditioning as a place to improve their performance. I've known John Renzi, one of the owners over there, for more than 20 years. We played baseball together growing up. He's always been a guy that when it comes to fitness and what a body needs to maximize its performance, John has always been a guy that I've looked up to in that regard. So call John Renzi over at 913-638-8960 to get more information. And you can drop by their new facility up near Mill Valley High School. Again, that's Casey Strength and Conditioning. All right, for this episode, it's 10 things. And it's always a little different on what it's going to be each, each week. So for this one, because of the way that the Chiefs lost and because of how people are feeling on this Monday, we're going to do five things to make you feel a little bit better and five things that were really annoying uh, following that Chiefs loss to the Colts on Sunday. Uh, I've been doing Chiefs content a while and it, you know, I started off when the team wasn't very good back in 2009. Uh, they weren't winning many games. So I know that about half of you want to talk about the problems and not sugarcoat anything and make it seem like it's going to be okay and the other half just want to move forward and find some positives because you don't want to dwell on things that you can't control anyway uh but if you're like me you're probably somewhere in the middle um as well so uh you know it's just one game of many we're still early in the season and the chiefs have had slow starts before think back to 2015 they started one and five last year started two and three it's not abnormal for them to have bad games it just sucks when it happens particularly when you felt like there was an opportunity to move forward and to separate yourselves from some other teams around the afc that did lose so uh but for those reasons knowing that half of you want one thing half of you want another uh and a third of you i'm making up these stats obviously i want something in the middle i'm going to alternate between something good and something ungood on this episode of 10 things now let's start with number one 
Travis Kelsey. Now this is courtesy of the chiefs communications department and that Kelsey is just two games shy of tying Tony Gonzalez for the most consecutive games with a pass reception in chiefs franchise history. I know there's a lot to get to in this game. So just bear with me on talking a little bit about Travis Kelsey because he's caught a pass in 129 straight games. If he's able to tie the obvious leader in this regard and pro football hall of famer, Tony Gonzalez, the game in which Kelsey would break that record would actually be against the Buffalo bills at home in what's going to be a huge game for both teams that dropped games on Sundays to teams. They don't feel like they probably should have lost to. Um, although got to respect what the Miami dolphins are doing uh, down there as they are three, and zero and one of the undefeated teams in the AFC, but uh, good there for Travis Kelsey. Now let's move on to number two. And that's something ungood, uh, which because we just talked about Travis Kelsey, we're going to talk about him again. And I'm a little torn on this one. And for those curious, we will get to special teams. We will get to Chris Jones. Trust me. There's a lot to, to get into with this. We'll talk about the running game. We will talk about uh, special teams a little bit more. Uh, but Kelsey is on here because of that drop touchdown because that's not something you expect from him. Uh, it was just with just under nine minutes left in the game and the Chiefs were up 17-13. It was a second and seven pass that was intended for Kelsey in the end zone from the 16-yard line that he dropped. Now, it wasn't an easy catch. Nobody's going to tell you that, but for Kelsey and what we've seen from him, he is the greatest tight end to ever play. That's a play he should make. And I'm torn because after the game, he took responsibility for it, saying that one was on me that would have put the game away. It was right before the missed field goal. And I'm torn on this one because it was a physical thing. Uh, it wasn't mental like some of these other things that we're going to get to. It was a physical thing, whether he couldn't see it, uh, very similar to Sky Moore, it seemed like, couldn't see uh, some of those punts. Don't know what it's going to be. But after the game, Travis Kelsey tweeted out, Casey, you deserve better out of me. Should have put that game away when I had the chance. Hats off to the Colts. They got us back to work ASAP. Now, again, I'm torn on this because you expect Travis Kelsey to make that play. I'm torn because it's physical and because he immediately took to social media uh, to take, you know, responsibility for not making that play. And so um, kind of strange for the first two. Uh, I, I understand that compared or, you know, considering what happened in the game. But uh, those are the first two. Now let's move on to number three. We're back to something good. And that is overall the Chiefs defense. Colts averages 3.8 yards per play in that game. Their only two touchdowns came from a muffed punt that gave them the ball at the Chiefs' four-yard line. And that final scoring drive that was elongated because of an unsportsmanlike penalty, which we'll get to in a second. But the Chiefs held the Leeds, league's best running back in Jonathan Taylor to 21 carries for just 71 yards. That's a 3.4 yards per carry average. Now, Taylor came into that game averaging 5.4 yards per carry and was leading the league in rushing. And overall, the 259 yards the Chiefs defense gave up to the Colts on Sunday was the fewest in a regular season they had allowed since November 1st, 2020. So a little over basically a season and a half uh, that they had given up just 259 yards or fewer in a game. So hats off to the Chiefs defense, especially with the Chiefs offense struggling or being out of rhythm compared to what we had expected from them. Basically for the second week in a row, we had a lot of those same issues against the Chargers, but you felt like that wasn't going to be an issue against the Colts because Colts defense, not as good as the Chargers, but Chiefs still struggled uh, to get things going or get any kind of consistent rhythm going on. Now let's talk about something ungood, and this is particular player on the Chiefs defense is Chris Jones and his penalty. Now, again, I'm going to clarify this saying I can't remember a softer flag ever being thrown. Chris, Matt Ryan, and Andy Reid both all asked about it, uh, both after the game yesterday, Andy Reid asked about it again today. We're never going to know what was said 
uh, unless there's some mic'd up by the NFL that puts it out at some point or somebody on the Colts uh, was mic'd up and he gets released. But uh, the pool report after the game, which is where the, you know, a specific beat writer can go and talk to the head referee, uh, which his name is Sean Smith. Uh, he said the Chris Jones flag was quote, abusive language towards an opponent. Um, and then Sam went on to say that uh, Sean Smith would not elaborate on what that language was um, saying nothing more specific than that. Uh, as somebody who spent uh, six years working for the team and one year on the sidelines during an NFL game, you could throw a flag on about being very conservative. A third of plays where refs could hear saying something abusive language towards an opponent. Uh, that happens all the time. And to throw a flag in that situation very easily could make the case that that cost the chiefs a game. Now with the way the chiefs are running the ball, which is non-existent, could they have run out the clock? We don't know. But what we do know is that Sean Smith definitely after a third and six sack, that had the Colts lose eight yards on that play facing a fourth and 14 with just over five minutes left and the chiefs winning that game uh, that absolutely had an effect on the game. So whatever he said, it absolutely better have been the worst thing that you could have possibly said and crossed all kinds of lines. Cause otherwise that's a very soft flag in a very big time situation that is going to have ramifications for the chiefs uh, throughout the rest of the season. Now, at the same time, the Chiefs defense could have still gone out and made a play. Uh, but in that situation, what Chris should have done as a veteran player, knowing that you basically just iced the game or you really put a stranglehold on that game, uh, don't say shit. Go back to the sideline and celebrate with your teammates. Now, Chris took some responsibility after the game, uh, but did add he had never been flagged for talking. Again, I've been down there. Chris does talk a lot, uh, especially Ronnie Stanley, the Ravens. They talk a lot, and the flags are not thrown Chris saying, obviously, he's never been thrown, uh, never had a flag thrown for talking. Um, what could he have said? You know, let me know in the comments. That's a good one. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, let me know in the comments what you think Chris may have said uh, to warrant a, a flag being thrown in that situation. Uh, and while you're there, go ahead and like and subscribe uh, as we fight our way through listening to this or watching this. If you're a Chiefs fan, if you're a Colts fan, I'm sure you're going to appreciate a lot of this. Uh, but we appreciate your support. Go ahead and like and subscribe. All right, let's move on to number number five, and that's something good, and that is the Chiefs' pass rush. Uh, there was a lot of talk over the offseason about the Chiefs' lack of pass rush. I personally talked about it a lot leading into the draft before they had drafted George Karloftis, but uh, they had finished dead last in the AFC with just 29 sacks as a team all of last year. Now, through three games in 2022, the Chiefs already have 10 sacks, which would pace them for 51 on the season, which would have them, or just over 51, which would have them finish in the top three in the NFL in sacks last year. Now the Chiefs had five of Matt Ryan on Sunday. And while it wasn't enough, obviously to win the game, uh, the Chiefs pass rush combined with just the pure aggression from Chiefs defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo has been a positive sign so far early in the season. That was a lot to be said for. Could the Chiefs get a lot of pass rush without sending extra guys? That's a whole different conversation. I'd uh, ask you to tune into the KC Laboratory on Monday night, uh, whether you watch it live when they go at 8 p.m. Central Time on YouTube or you wait uh, for the podcast to come out. I'm sure they will get into that after they watch the tape and see what's been going on. But um, before we get on to number six, let's check in uh, with DraftKings. 
The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code KCSN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's get back to number six. And this is something very ungood. And that is the special teams for the Chiefs just being a disaster. Uh, And I don't use that word lightly, but you got a muffed punt, a down ball that shouldn't have been, that should have been let to bounce again by the punt coverage unit. Another punt by Sky Moore that wasn't caught that bounced and went down to about the one yard line. You have a missed extra point, a missed field goal, a botched fake field goal, And then one that I don't know how many people are talking about the fact that with 24 seconds left to go in the game, Isaiah Pacheco and the chiefs, you know, kick return unit brought it out, netted just 13 yards, took six seconds off the clock. Now I know a penalty at the end of that play helped give an extra 15 yards, but without that still took six seconds off the clock that Patrick Mahomes could have done something with and only gained 13 yards on what would have been the biggest opportunity for a big kick return to try to put them in a good situation at that point let the ball bounce let it go into the end zone get the ball at the 25 and save the six seconds whether it was execution pure you know just not seeing the ball for sky more i mean that's execution by the players execution on the fake field goal the decision to do the fake field goal there's decision making there's physical things there's all kinds of just poor play from the chief special teams unit. And I've said it several times already since that game ended up until yesterday. I'm not sure I ever thought that special teams specifically cost the chiefs a victory. Uh, not talking like one missed field goal that could have won them a game and then blame the special teams for the entire game because of one play. This wasn't one play. We're talking five or six plays, both physical execution, mental execution, and just mental decision-making. Uh, I thought that that was the worst game that we had seen from the Chiefs special teams unit under Andy Reid and fully feel like that cost them a game in that third phase of the game that we always talk about. And it has always been solid, if not well above average for the Chiefs. So very surprising to be having this as a talking point of the special teams really feeling like it cost the Chiefs a, a win. So count me as one of those people. Um, not that it's going to solve all of those problems, but count me as one of those people that's really hoping Harrison Butker is back to being healthy uh, because the Chiefs obviously need him um, moving forward. If they're going to play in some close games. The offense not going to not quite where we want them to be yet. Uh, they're going to need some field goals and they're going to need to lean on their special teams going forward. And right now you don't have confidence that they can do that based on what we saw on Sunday. All right, let's move to something positive at number seven. And that's that Nick Bolton continues to prove why he's one of the best young linebackers in the NFL. And not only did Bolton finish the game on Sunday with the first two sacks of his NFL career, according to Chiefs communications, but Bolton also had nine tackles and another tackle for loss in that game. His stuff on fourth down late in that game in the fourth quarter would be one of the top storylines and one of the top highlights that Chiefs fans and every media entity that covers the team would be putting out there and talking about with all kinds of features. And, you know, this is the play that everybody needs to know that won them a game. And right now, instead, it's a footnote that people don't want to hear because they're still pissed that we lost. 
maybe that's just me. I'm still trying here uh, to find some of the positives, but um, you know, there were hundreds of hundred plus plays in that game. And we're going to sit here and point to a few, but the margin of error in the NFL is very small. Uh, And so when you look at the special teams, they don't overcome, you know, Nick Bolton having a great game, but shouldn't go lost uh, that Nick Bolton is, is if he stays healthy is going to threaten uh, leading the NFL in tackles. And again, I talked about with ESPN's Matt Miller earlier that he is proving to be one of the best young linebackers uh, in the entire NFL and thought that he had a fantastic game. And again, that fourth down stop um, is going to end up on a highlight reel for him. Uh, Those of us that uh, have a good memory are going to remember that play coming in a loss and a very frustrating loss, but uh, I still went out there and made that play regardless and something that should be credited for. All right. I'm mad again. Uh, So let's take uh, another quick pause because as much as I want to talk about Nick Bolton, just pissed that uh, we're not here talking about how it helped us win a game. So here's another quick pause to hear from um, another one of our sponsors. Now you may be noticing that there are some strange tall boys of beer in the bottled water section of your local stores. Well, it's not beer. It's actually mountain spring water from the Alps and it's called liquid death. Why is it called liquid death? Because it'll brutally murder your thirst and their infinitely recyclable tall boy cans are helping bring death to plastic bottles. They also donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. I've tried the regular water. I've tried their seltzer waters and I've tried the seltzer lime. Never been a big seltzer water guy, but the seltzer lime I'm, I'm into, I will drink those. They're pretty good. Um, the regular water, it feels a little strange drinking from a tall boy. It's kind of cool because of the can and just you can get some people to look at you kind of funny thinking uh, you're drinking a tall boy in, uh, in certain situations. But um, it is really good. And if you're looking for something to quench your thirst, uh, you're at the, you know, your local store, you know, whether it's, you know, your local Woodman, 7-Eleven, Roundies or High V, uh, you can grab one of those tall boys. Again, it's called Liquid Death. Uh, and you can find it at a retailer near, near you with their store locator tool at liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. Again, that's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. You'll be able to find a store near you that's got, again, the Liquid Death. They've got several different flavors. They've got their regular mountain spring water, which is what I've been drinking the most of. I tried the lime, and when I need a, a seltzer water, uh, that will be my go-to. Again, that's liquiddeath.com slash KCSN. All right, let's move to number eight and talking about this game. And we're back to something good. Um, I'm not going to lie. I don't really like this one a whole lot. Um, yes, I did come up with these. Yes, I wrote these. Uh, but yesterday would have stung a lot more uh, had the Bills and Chargers won. Uh, but they didn't. So two of the other top teams in the AFC didn't gain any ground on separating themselves from the Chiefs. Although now, as I'm sitting here and talking through it, I'm getting pissed again because we understand the Chiefs could have separated themselves from those other teams like the bills, like the chargers, two of the better teams in the AFC that we know at the end of the season is going to be in the mix again, barring any crazy injuries or any weird happening. Um, you know, if the chiefs had made a field goal, caught a touchdown or just kept their mouth shuts um, after a huge third down sack late in the game, it might be not be in this position to be talking about a positive being that we didn't fall back as far because some other teams lost should have been an opportunity to separate themselves. Hopefully, uh, they remedy this stuff moving forward. Again, we've always seen them have an answer. They always come back and play well. We've seen them struggle. Even it stretches multiple games. Andy Reid's teams always figure it out because he didn't get to becoming top three in NFL, top five in NFL history and career wins as a head coach uh, without having some answers. Uh, but the players still have to go out there and execute, and they still have to figure out some answers for man coverage on offense. Uh, they've got to f- 
figure out special teams for sure. And defensively, honestly, at this point, just need to keep doing what they're doing. The fact that they're doing this without Trent McDuffie uh, is equally as impressive uh, for the way that they're playing. And now that they don't have Willie Gay for the next few games, uh, Darius Harris stepped up uh, and played pretty well after the first quarter in which he was targeted a little bit. No, the, the one touchdown highlighted him. Uh, but after that, had 13 tackles, led the Chiefs in tackles and uh, didn't feel that his presence out there was a reason uh, that the Chiefs lost. We've detailed a lot of those. Uh, but let's move on to number nine, and that is something ungood, and that is the fact that the Chiefs running backs carried the ball 18 times for a total of 31 yards on Sunday against the Colts. And again, this is a Colts defense that you look at what they are up front. You know, DeForest Buckner, great front seven player. Shaquille Leonard did not play in this game. And he is their best player and one of the best middle linebackers in all of football. So you finish and you don't run the ball well when he's out there. It makes a little bit more sense. Uh, the fact that they didn't run the ball very well, averaging just 1.72 yards per carry uh, against a Colts defense that if you had to rank the first three weeks of defenses the Chiefs faced between the Cardinals, the Colts and the Chargers, I would have said that the Colts are probably number three uh, in that regard. So when you look at the running game, whether it's the vision, the blocking or the play calling, you know, Clyde Edwards, Elaire finished with seven carries for zero yards. Um, you know, that phase of the game, we're not going to sit here and say that an Andy Reid offense is really heavily going to rely on the running game, especially with Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. It's just not feasible, but they have to be able to complement each other. And there needs to be a threat of the run in some kind of way. And whether it's the offensive line, whether again, it's the vision of their running backs, whatever it is, they can't have the Colts go out there and dominate the way that they did again, without Shaquille Leonard, uh, the heart and soul of that defense just makes this talk talking point in this number nine uh, thing of our 10 things on this episode even worse. And so hopefully they figure it out going up against, you know, a, a bucks defense that uh, is much better uh, than what they faced on Sunday against the Colts. So it's going to be a tough week of practice um, where they have to sit and watch that film and, and really have some answers for themselves when they look at their teammates and their coaches. Um, expect them to get it together, uh, have confidence that they will do that. We've seen them figure things out before, but again, very disappointing the way that uh, the Chiefs running game uh, was just basically non-existent on Sunday against a team that was missing their best player and really had no business dominating the way that they did. All right, let's move on to the final one. Number 10, something good and uh, haven't mentioned this player yet, but probably should have put this a little bit higher because I thought that was the best game of Colin Saunders career. He finished with a career high of eight tackles in that game with his previous best, just being four tackles. And he was seemingly all over the place playing with a lot of energy. You saw him on some of those big moments being right there in the mix. And you know, the fact that they did that against, again, the NFL's leading rusher and one of the best, if not the best running back in the entire NFL and Jonathan Taylor held him to just 71 yards rushing. Uh, and again, that guy was averaging 5.4 yards per carry coming into that game. And so you give credit to, you know, Darius Harris and Nick Bolton and all those guys. It, it takes an entire team to do it. But individually, when you go through and watch and you saw some of the impact that he made, uh, shout out and hat tip to Colin Saunders for the way that he came out and played uh, on Sunday against the Colts. And hopefully that's a sign of things for him uh, moving forward as they get Willie Gay back after the next three games in which he's suspended. They'll get hopefully Trent McDuffie back as he's sitting out with that injury and was placed on IR and had to miss the first four games of the season. So. Um, or excuse me, four games after the Arizona. So a couple more games uh, that Trent McDuffie is going to be out at minimum. But that's all we've got for this episode of 10 Things. It was a struggle to get through. And if you are listening to it all the way through, I appreciate uh, you for bearing with me on that. Tried to find five things that were positive and five things that we all know were ungood 
uh, in that game. So hopefully uh, you take something away from that. Please uh, let us know in the comment section on YouTube. And if you're listening uh, via podcast, please rate, review, subscribe to uh, not just this show, but everything that we've got going on at KC Sports Network. We've got about 18 shows per week on the Chiefs uh, from multiple hosts with all kinds of different perspectives and former players and all kinds of stuff. So make sure to check out the film breakdowns that we'll have on Wednesday. Derek Johnson, Chiefs all-time leading tackler, is going to drop by again as he'll join us every week moving forward with Mike DeVito and Craig Stout to break down the Chiefs defense and what he saw. And then Matt Castle and Matt Hamilton breaking down the Chiefs offense and what they saw from that group. And that will definitely be an interesting one to follow. So make sure to uh, subscribe to us on YouTube to make sure you don't miss any of that. Turn notifications on again. We've got all kinds of content. We appreciate your support. Until next time, Chiefs Kingdom, we'll see you later.